Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this is the 7th Heaven Podcast. It is the 7th Heaven Podcast. On today's episode of Camden Cast, we will be talking about Season 8, Episode 15 of 7th Heaven. The title is Don't Speak Ill of the Living or the Dead. The IMDb user synopsis is... A school project gets Ruthie and Peter in trouble as they write a newspaper article about two presidents containing false information. Annie's half-sister visits to discuss information about their father, but Annie does not want to listen. What was your first impression of this episode? Um, I, again, did not really understand what the point of this episode was. Like, if there was, like, a, a moral to the story or a lesson, like, should we not be talking... Well, I want to say of the president? that first of all, you found a good review oh, in I which did. someone was like, "All I do is t- speak ill of Mary." Yeah, and we are so we are so pro Mary here at Camden Cast. Yeah, so screw you, Brenda Hampton. Um, Telling people not to spell, speak ill of the living or the dead, and you speak ill of Mary Camden, who oh. is a fake person. <laughs> yes. Um, this episode also uh, introduces uh, fake news for the first time ever. So take that, world. Seventh <laughs> time I did it first. Yeah. Um, no, it's so we at least have some Camden storylines in this episode. Um, but there are hardly any Camdens left on the show. Yes, which I that's think is true. something that we haven't really addressed. But, like, now Martin is, like, a replacement for a Camden because he's living with them yeah. sort of the way that, like, Robbie was. And, like, at this point, this, the show is so oversaturated with people who aren't Camdens that, anyway... It's difficult, I feel like. I did I did think this was one of the first times that they... Or not the one of the first times, because they've done this before, but I think in a while that they really gave Ruthie a good storyline. I think taking something as mundane as a school project and making it into... A storyline like this was smart. But it made no sense in that what was the moral of the story? Like, you can't speak poorly about, like, old dead presidents because they're dead. And, like, the Revits at some point says, oh, well, they're not here to defend themselves. And it's like, well, that doesn't matter. Awful people who have died aren't here to defend themselves. But that doesn't minimize the fact that, what like, what they did while they were alive was awful. Right. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting because are we supposed to get, like, is this supposed to be a commentary about what, like, the news was saying about Bush at the time, um, since... Which was 2004, so I guess the... I guess the sentiment around then was generally not as positive as it had been in the past. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's what it was about, like... But if so, then are you saying that we can't, like, criticize the president or criticize people in power like that? Or, like, people that have done good things, even though... Like, I don't understand what that means, because then what's the point of freedom of the press? What's the point of your show, Brenda Hampton? <laughs> what is the point like, like of anything? It's, I don't know, yeah, it was like, I, I really didn't get it. Because, like, uh, we mentioned in the last one, you got pro-war and anti-war sentiments, and we thought that was good because, like, they showed both pictures. But this seemed very pointed in the way it was like, don't do that. Um, anyway, let's just get into it, and yeah, I think you'll... Realize we, what we have to say. So we're actually starting with Ruthie, and well, first oh, well, we'll start with the cold open, right. um, which is Ruth. No, no, it's Ma- Martin, Cecilia, and Mac, Martin's friend from baseball um, at school, and uh, Mac is begging Martin 
to have Cecilia set him up with someone. Then Cecilia joins the conversation, and Martin and Mac are both sophomores, and Cecilia is a senior, and she's like, oh, none of my, all, most of my friends are seniors. They're not going to want to go out with a sophomore. I don't mind, but they do. So she's like, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to be able to find anyone to set you up with. Luckily, as soon as this conversation ends, this girl comes out of nowhere and tells Cecilia, you know that guy you were just talking to? I want you to set me up with him. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is also very interesting because uh, I feel like for a while now we've always had a Camden in high school. Like we had Matt, we had Mary, then we had Lucy, and then we had Simon, but now Simon's gone. So we've had to use Martin and Cecilia kind of as this high school storytelling thing. Which is, I feel like this is the first time it's happened. Um, but I guess that's like a smart way of doing that. Um, so when we come back from the cold open, we meet up with Ruthie and Peter who are working on a school project. Um, so the school project is for President's Day. Apparently every year they have to do something that's honoring the main presidents, Washington and Lincoln. Um, I do have one problem with this in that the project is due on President's Day itself, and as far as I know, schools are off on that day. So... That's the way it should be. Yeah. No school ever. Ever. I mean, not that it matters, since we don't have to go back ever again, maybe. <laughs> but I chose to. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's that, and they're, like, trying to come up with their idea for the project, and... Um, They're talking about the fact that they don't want to do what everybody else always does, which is either dress up or make cherry pie. Or what it looks like from the from this classroom when they actually do their presentation is that um, it looks like everyone just made like stuff on poster boards, like informational poster boards, right. which is the most boring thing you can do for a project. Um, so they decide, well, they're like, well, okay, if... Lincoln or Abraham, Lincoln or Abraham, Lincoln or Washington were president now, how would we be treating him? And then I guess they make a pointed, like, uh, comment about the fact that, like, probably the news would be... Find, like, basically exposing all of the bad things they've done and putting a bad spin on the good things that they've done. So I guess that is, like, probably them being, like, perceptive of how the media was treating the sitting president at the time. Or any... I mean, it's not really... Uh, it's to every president now, I feel like. Yeah. Um, so they're like, let's do that with them. And But the, the sticker is, the thing that gets them in trouble, is that when they don't find anything bad, or they don't find enough bad things to put in a newspaper, they start making stuff up. Fake news. So they talk about, yeah, exactly. So for some, like for one, they have uh, Lincoln having a hemp pipe. For another, they have uh, Washington being drunk during the Delaware crossing. Um... So this clearly does not go well. Uh, we And the teacher, so we see them at school distributing this newspaper that they wrote, and as soon as the teacher takes a look at some of the articles, she tells everybody to pass them forward and throw them away, um, and then she takes Ruthie and Peter outside, and she's like, how dare you talk about our presidents this way? Um, yeah, it's like, you have to honor them, blah, blah, blah. And I, I understand Ruthie and... Uh, Peter's point, which is, like, they want to do something different. Um, but then they end up ending the episode by doing the exact same thing that they were, like, vehemently against, which was distributing cherry pie and having people dress up as people. And uh, it's really disturbing. Annie and the Rev as George and Martha Washington and um, Kevin and Lucy as Abraham and Mary Todd Lincoln. So... 
you'll see it. <laughs> it. It is just because you're used to see it. You, uh, Lucy with dark hair is strange. Yeah. And Kevin with a Abraham Lincoln and beard. the beard is yeah. yeah. And uh, but um yeah and it so like I don't really I really don't I'm gonna say that this specific storyline really disturbed me because it felt like it was like I don't know like what censorship <laughs> and I don't know that didn't uh, that didn't really make me feel good. Um, and also I didn't, I don't think I really like the message of this storyline. I get what it was trying to do, but I don't particularly agree with it. Cause like, there are plenty of people out there in present day and in the past, which are, which have done really amazing and good things that are, are like seen as objectively good things throughout history. Like take, for example, people like Gandhi, you know, but that doesn't really, that you can't, that doesn't take away from the fact that they also had flaws and problematic opinions and sometimes they did things that were actually really wrong so like and the point is to be able to talk about those things both in the good and the bad i don't know that's like that's the point like i think that ruthie and peter actually say like they were people they made mistakes like we have to be able to find some dirt on them and it's true like they were people and it was a different era and sometimes we look back at things and people who were important in, in history. history and they did and we shit. find out yeah they did good things but also very shitty things i, I don't know it, it seems like what they were what like brenda hampton was saying is like can't talk about like you can't talk don't about talk about the dead presidents like, like that and it's like okay well but really we, why that? can't we yeah. uh so that's that storyline uh we're going to move on now to what is probably the most out of nowhere storyline ever um, so, if you remember way back when in season, I think it was five, um, Annie finds out she has a sister whose name is Lily, and then we never hear about her again, until suddenly we hear about her again, which is in this episode. Uh, we'd like to remind everyone that Annie in this season has been going back and forth to Arizona a lot with the twins to visit Grandpa Jackson, whose Alzheimer's is getting worse. Um, again, I don't under, I don't know what the show is going to do with this storyline, mostly because... Graham Jarvis, the actor who played uh, Grandpa Jackson, had already actually died in real life. So it's, we're never going to see him again on the show. Yeah. So it's like, what angle are they taking with this? When are, when are they just, like, they're going to have to kill him off. How are they going to do it? When? Um, so the Rev brings up Lily as nonchalantly as possible because I think Annie's getting ready to go away for another weekend. And Annie is very averse to the idea of talking about Lily or anything to do with Lily. Um, we kind of get... I think this is when we see the, like, family resemblance between um, Lucy and Annie the most is when Annie gets like this. She gets very dramatic and childish and kind of acting like the like a single child. Uh, when talking about the fact that she's the one that, like, that's her parents, and that's her dad, and Lily doesn't need to be involved in, in Grandpa Jackson's, like, time because of the Alzheimer's, and it's all this stuff, and uh, she's very against the idea of reconciling with Lily about whatever happened between them. Um, the Rev, being the all-around good soul that he is, needs to butt in everywhere he want, can, and gets in between this, and kind of basically somehow is acting like a middleman and this results in Lily actually showing up to the Camden residence to have a conversation instead of, I don't know, using a phone or 
any other means of communication. Yeah. Then there's a conversation. I paid no attention to any bit of this storyline because, as we've said before, when it's just the storyline with the Reverend Annie, we are not interested. It's boring. Um, maybe that makes us, like, immature. I don't I know. I don't think so. I think it just means we, you know. They're not really very provocative storylines, no, though. Not. and they're, they're really not. Um, so the this so the main con like the issue was that Lily borrowed some pictures uh, that were initially like Annie's family pictures, and Annie was upset that they were taken uh, because they weren't they were taken without her permission, and she's like I did ask permission I asked Ginger's permission, and I wasn't taking them I was only borrowing them to make copies, and all of a sudden Annie's like Oh I feel like a dum dum, like. I got mad at you for no reason. And Lily's like, well, I should have talked to you, too. And obviously communication was, was like, important between us. And then all of a sudden they're friends again. And now we're talking about Lily's commitment issues because she won't marry the guy she's engaged to. I don't... I don't know. Why do we care about Lily? So, tell me, somebody, who's who's really invested in Lily's storyline here? Write to us if you really <laughs> care about Lily's commitment issues because we have not seen the last of her. Um, I really do think that, like, this is a missed opportunity. We could really get some good stuff with, like, introducing Lily back into the show, back into the fold of the show, by having, like, them, I don't know, like, support each other, like, through whatever, like, hard times are going on with Grandpa Jackson, but instead we get, like, something silly like this, and we get Annie, who's supposed to be a mother of seven children, acting like an 11-year-old. Yeah. Um, so... That's that. Uh, things are fine between them at the end. Yeah, it was stupid. So back to our cold open. Um, so I don't know exactly how um, Mac finds out who... I, I think Martin is like, oh, so Cecilia wants to set you up with Pam from school or whatever. And maybe he uses her last name. I don't know. And Mac's like, oh, no. I can't go out with Pam, and there's, like, this mute dramatic music, it cuts to commercial, whatever, and then Martin, after dinner at the Camden's house, he's like, okay, we have to call Cecilia and tell her why you're not going to go out with Pam, and they still are playing this game where we're like, oh, what's the deal with Pam? Why won't anyone want to go out with her? And that's exactly, Mac is like, no one will go out with Pam, so I'm not going to be the one who goes out with Pam, and it's like, oh, what's wrong with Pam? Um, so they call Cecilia, then they're going back and forth about, like, who's going to be the one to break it to Cecilia, why you won't go out with her. This big build to find out that Pam wet her pants in first grade, and everybody who went to school with her since then has apparently never let her live it down, and, um... She's basically been exiled from, like, society. Right. Because of it. Um, it's kind of absolutely ridiculous. I know high school is brutal, um, and I know that it sucks, but really? <laughs> like, this is the thing that they decided to come up with, but I guess that, that was the point, right? Like, they did something so ridiculous, and it, right. shouldn't, it shouldn't, like... Like, first grade? Like, no. Like, you were six years old. Right. Plenty I mean, of people wet themselves in first grade, I'm sure. Think about the twins, and how old they are, and how they act. Yeah. And then think about a six-year-old. Right. Exactly. So, um, Cecilia, in probably, I guess, she's really, I think Cecilia's really growing on me. I mean, I've liked her for a while, but, like, she's, in the past few episodes, I'm just like, all right, cool. 
Because she, um, she's just like, you are, she like basically lectures Mac over the phone, and then she decides that she's going to force Mac to go out with Pam, and the way she's going to do it is to send her father after Mac. Correct. Um, now, I don't know who's watching along with us or who remembers, but uh, her father is not an intimidating character. No. And nor is he going to be able to beat up a 16-year-old person. So, yes. That's that. <laughs> and because everything is bizarre in this show, uh, Cecilia tells her father this, and her father's like, well, then I will go to the Camden household and I will talk to Mac. So we have someone who is not a Camden having dinner at the Camdens because somebody else who's out of Camden lives at the Camden house. <laughs> and then someone else who is not a Camden's father is going to go to that house and have a talk. Right. And so, I don't know, basically, like, the whole thing is, Matt can't go out with her because then he's going to be the butt of the joke and he can't handle that. And Cecilia's father says, well, um, Pam dealt with it for ten years, so why can't you deal deal with it for a little bit? Aren't you, like, a baseball player or something? And for some reason, that, like, seems to work. And Matt's like, you're right, I should go out with her. Uh, we get this kind of sweet moment the next day at school between Pam and Cecilia, where Pam's like, I've had no friends ever, and now you smiled at me, and that's Life just- has changed! <laughs> and you don't care about the fact that I was called Pampers! <laughs> Which is probably the best part of that, this episode, is that nickname. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know, is it? Who knows? Who knows? Um... But she's like, I know that this year is going to be good because now when I go to my locker, I don't have to stare at my feet. I can look at you. (laughs) So, yay. Um, Obviously, I can probably, you guys can probably guess how this ends because Mac does ask Pam out on a date. Because he sees how, well, as the person on the review that you found was like, she's smart and funny and pretty and why wouldn't he want to like because she's continent for 10 years she hasn't pissed herself for 10 years (laughs) same (laughs) right i mean that's an accomplishment if if any um and they go on a date and they have a great time and then they plan another date and this happens to be well, well this is really funny because apparently martin and Cecilia are invited to dinner at the Camden house, because Martin lives there now. So they just decide to also invite Mac and Pam to dinner at the Camden house. <laughs> Double date for dinner at the Camden house, which is totally normal. <laughs> Apparently. And I feel like... No, that's... Well, that's the end of it. That's that's it. That's it for them, right? Yeah, Mac's going out with Pampers. Um, will we ever see Pam again? Uh, No. So I have a question, and this is open to everyone. Do we think that they came up with the nickname Pampers first, or do you think they came up with the name Pam and then came up with the nickname Pampers? I think they came like, up in the with writing. The, I think they came up with the nickname first. They decided like, oh, this girl wet herself, and they were like, what should we name her? And someone was like, Pam, <laughs> like per how, the, because of the purrs. <laughs> so I, that's what I want to know. Like, how did how did that writing process go with like naming people? It's the etymology of the nickname Pampers. Pampers. Um. And the final storyline is... Just as stupid. Yes. Um, so, I don't even know where to begin with this, but basically, at the uh, s- precinct, uh, the Glen of the Precinct, we have 
something is going on because Roxanne knows something about the detective at this point, Detective Michaels, and she and Detective Michaels is making sure that Roxanne hasn't told Kevin. So now Kevin's like, "Ooh, what's going on?" Um, Roxanne then forms a date with Chandler because she has a moral dilemma, and Chandler is a reverend. So you go to your reverend ex-boyfriend when you have a moral dilemma. Yes. Uh, anyway, we learned from Roxanne that she had started this program where she volunteers to, like, help prisoners or incarcerated people, like, learn how to read or enhance their reading skills. And she tells Chandler that she's dating... Like, I don't know if the... Does she tells Chandler that she's dating someone she met as through the program. And I can't tell if this is her covering, like, she was going to tell Chandler, and then at the last minute she, like, chickened out. Or if she really is, really dating. is dating someone who is incarcerated, because they never really cleared that up. Um, but he's an honor prisoner, and he's getting out in six months, right? Yes. Um, so, yeah, we don't really get that. During this time, we also have Kevin and Lucy... Uh, being Kevin and Lucy in that they really want to know what the secret is and come up with, like, some, like, gossip. And they think that it's that Sergeant um, Detective Michaels, whoever he is at this point, is um, dating Roxanne because I guess Roxanne's, like, convoluted dating history in which he dates many men. Um, And so they stalk uh, Chandler and Roxanne on their pizza, like meeting and confront Roxanne about it and Roxanne's like legitimately upset about the fact that they think she's dating uh Detective Michaels and which I would be too like just because I have a vast dating history doesn't mean I'm dating every single man I speak to come on (laughs) so like we still don't know at this point what it is what what it is. is yeah we we know she's not dating Detective Michaels um, who then shows up also at the pizza date with Chandler and then speaks. he kicks Chandler out yeah. to speak because he's like finally like ready to confront Roxanne about this information that she is withholding from everyone. Um, and finally, Sergeant, I did it now. Yeah. <laughs> Detective Michaels, we see them all back at oh well the, at the end of the pizza date or whatever. Roxanne and um, Detective Michaels end up hugging and. Pete, no, not Peter. Why, Kevin? And there are too many people on this. There are too many people on this show at this point. Kevin and Lucy see Roxanne hugging Detective Michaels, and then they're like, "Wait, maybe we were right. Maybe she really is dating Detective Michaels." Anyway, later on in another scene at the precinct, Detective Michaels is ready to address everyone, and we learn that he's like, "I never hid this from anyone, or really meant to deceive anyone, but." My brother is incarcerated, and he has been for a long time. 30 and years, I think we learned, right? Yeah. And for that, a robbery? I don't know. Maybe it was, like, felony murder robbery. Oh, I guess. I don't know. Maybe he murdered someone in the course of the... <laughs> I don't know. Um, but he's like, and this really shaped my life, and this made me want to become a police officer... And I wanted to be on this side of the law because of my brother. But anyway, Roxanne knows now because she's doing this program and she's met my brother. And I don't want her to have to keep it a secret. And she shouldn't have to because he's like, I'm not embarrassed of it. And I feel like I'm coming clean. And then at the tail end of everything, 
Roxanne and, the, and Detective Michaels are, like, walking together on the promenade, talk, like, on the way to the pool hall. To, oh, yeah, they're, like, Roxanne is, like, thanks for coming to play pool with me and the guys or whatever. And Detective Michaels is, like, yeah, I just want to get my mind off of things. And she's, like, congrats on the promotion. Um, and we yeah. learn that he's been promoted to Captain Michaels. Yeah. So now he's Captain Michaels. And they walk into the pool hall, and all of the police officers are there, and they start singing for He's a Jolly Good Fellow. And there, it's actually a secret celebration for Detective Michaels' promotion to captain. And we actually get... I thought this was really well acted. Usually when people are crying on this show, I'm just like, ugh. But uh, D- Captain Michaels' tears seem kind of, like, genuine, so that was nice. I wonder how that went down. Uh, we also learn that Captain Michaels' brother is actually getting out of pr- uh, prison very soon. Um, and that he has completely reformed. Yeah. And that's the episode. Um... Which, on Amazon, I think, like, the thing was, like, secrets and gossip around Glen Oak. But, like... There weren't really any secrets, secrets or, or gossip. gossip. I guess that there was, like, the There were the lies. Of, yeah, and there were the lies about the presidents. But, like, that wasn't affecting anyone in Glen Oak, really. And I guess the rumor that Roxanne was dating Detective Michaels. Um, but that also didn't really... Like, that was such a fleeting thought. And also, it was, thought. Only, it was only between uh, Kevin and Lucy. It wasn't, like, a rampant rumor around Glen Oak. Right. It's not like Detective Michaels was like, I got to talk to everyone. Roxanne and I aren't dating. He's right. like, my brother's in prison. Right. Um, that's the episode. What are you rating it? Me? Um, I guess for like, ugh, maybe. Ten points for Pampers. <laughs> Ten points oh, off the scale. It's off the scale. That's how good it was. Um, no, like a, a two? A two. I think it was significantly better than last episode. So I will say three. <laughs> Significantly better, a three. <laughs> Which is like one and a half more than I gave it last time. So if you want to see some of the articles in this faux newspaper and how fake news really began, or if you want to see the disturbing image of the Camdens dressed up as presidents and former first ladies, um, ch- catch us on our social media, facebook.com slash CamdenCast, or our Twitter and Instagram handles are at CamdenCastShow. Uh, we are giving you new episodes every Wednesday and Saturday, uh, uploaded onto Stitcher or uh, SoundCloud.com slash CamdenCast or the iTunes Apple Podcast app. I am Tanvi. I'm Aaron. This is CamdenCast. <laughs>